0: I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. Let's open up today in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go into Your Word, we ask today that Your Holy Spirit would bring illumination to the Scriptures, so that we can take Your Word and make application of it towards our lives today, and thus enjoy the wonderful benefits of walking in the light of Your Word. Father, we thank You for this anointing, this help of Your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all agree and say, Amen. Praise God. Now, I want to talk today about the year that lies in front of you, and I believe that this year is going to be a year that can be very different from any other year that you've ever experienced before. I do believe that we're in an era now of miracles, an era of acceleration where there will be exponential increase concerning God's plan for your life. I believe that this year of increase can be something that will be nothing short of supernatural, and I want you to step into it, and I want you to believe that this year is going to be an exceptional year for you, unlike any that you have ever had before. Praise God. Now God does want to bring His miracle increase into your life, and there's a purpose for that. One of those purposes is found in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, the Lord had said to Abram, I will make you a great nation, I will bless you, and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. So God spoke to Abram and said, "I will bless you and you shall be a blessing. God's going to bring his increase into your life for the purpose of experiencing overflow so that you can be a blessing just like Abraham, who was our spiritual father of the faith. Now, there is a purpose for that blessing. We see it defined even under the Old Covenant terms in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 18, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. Now I've spoken on this verse before, and I've shared the, the story that if my pastor, when I was growing up, would have stood up behind the pulpit, and would have preached that verse. The church probably would have thrown him out. We were so indoctrinated with poverty, and we associated poverty with being holy, and we did that because we had taken scriptures out of context and misapplied them, and we missed the whole picture of God's plan of prosperity for His people. But when you look carefully at scripture, you see that God is a good God. And that salvation is a full salvation that redeems lost mankind back from every element of the curse of the law. That includes spiritual death, it includes redemption from sin, it includes redemption from sickness and disease, and also from the curse of the law that would include lack, poverty, financial destitution, and not having enough. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. Remember, there's nothing wrong with wealth. If there were something wrong with it, then why would God give you the power to get it? Stop and think about that. The Bible is not a book that's overly complicated. There are certain things in the Bible that you have to go slow and work your way through in order to get a proper understanding, but everything in the Word makes sense. Why don't you say this right now? Say, wealth is from God. Say it out loud with your own mouth. Say, wealth is from God. And let's go further. Say, wealth is good. Mm -mm. Now for some of you that maybe were raised in religious circles, and and you were taught that it's not good, it may be a little bit difficult to make those types of statements. But when you make statements that are in agreement with God's Word, that directly harmonize with what God Himself said, then you are speaking truth. Praise God. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant which you swore to your fathers as it is this day. Wealth has a covenant purpose. It's more than just having, you know, a a safe place to live that's a nice home. It's more than just having a good vehicle that won't break down on you. Of course, all of those things are enjoyable and are nice. But there's a greater purpose for wealth, and it is the purpose for the establishing of covenant. And we get more insight, of course, when we move into the New Testament, which is a new covenant, and we understand the purpose for prosperity, the purpose for wealth, the greater purpose, as we would say. Matthew chapter 28, the words of the Lord Jesus, we pick up in verse 18, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, So here we see that the authority that has been delegated to Christ by the Father, Jesus takes that authority also and he delegates it to the body. He is the head and we are the body. The head cannot do anything without the body. If you don't think that's true, then just take your head off, go set it on the shelf, and see how much it can do by itself. There is a connection, and the Lord works through his people. We are the hands of Christ. He is going to flow and work through us. So, He has delegated authority to us. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Now, the word nations here is derived from the same English word that we get the word ethnic from, ethnic groups. And there are over 17,000 ethnic groups, and we are to take the gospel to them all. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. And this making disciples is something that the Lord takes very seriously. It is salvation. it is ministering the gospel so that they can be saved, but not just leaving them abandoned and stranded in a place where they only know salvation. nowhere we're to make disciples out of them. Praise God, that way they become strong and mature in the things of God themselves. They're able to stand in the Word, and now they're in a place where they can uh, go out and reach the lost as well, because they have been equipped, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you." Well, Pastor Stephen, you seem to do a lot of teaching. You have these morning programs, and all you do is teach. Yes, because I'm following a divine commission. And let me say this, if you will associate yourself with what in Scripture is known as the Great Commission, which is what we're briefly covering here right now, your lifting will know no limits praise God. If you will attach yourself to this commission and get behind it with your energy, with your money, with your strength, with your heart, you will see God lift you up, praise God. Now, I teach because when I grew up in church, I heard a lot of preaching, and I love good preaching, Uh, and and preaching uh, is part of the anointing. When We see that Jesus was anointed of the Spirit. That anointing, first and foremost, is to proclaim the gospel, and that is done through preaching. But you also see that there's an anointing for teaching, and you can have great preaching, but if you never get taught anything, uh, you're going to be missing out on experiencing all that God wants you to step into. So there must be teaching. Teaching what? Teaching them to observe all things. That I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, we're in an era now of God's grace where we're going to see miracles of provision poured out in such extraordinary ways that we're going to be able to make a huge push of getting the gospel out. We're going to see a huge harvest. And then upon the harvest of all of these souls, we're going to make disciples out of them. We're not just going to sit around and say, oh, isn't this wonderful, all of these people saved? No, we're going to start getting the Word into them and making disciples of them. And that includes a lot of teaching. And that that is something that's just going to be going on in many ways around the clock. Praise God! And all of this cost money. It cost money to send the gospel. It cost money to uh, have uh, programs and to have materials. And the Lord is going to begin to release provision now. Through extraordinary measures. That means He's going to be blessing you so that you can be a blessing. And I believe the blessing that He intends for you to experience is nothing short of a tremendous overflow. And I want you to get ready for it. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me give you some scriptures that are going to help you move into this, this year. One of these is found in Psalm 107, and a very uh, well-known song was made out of this psalm, which is a song in itself, but it was put to, maybe we could call it an English tune that was very popular back in the 1980s called, Let the Redeem of the Lord Say So, and that was a, a popular song back in the 1980s within the uh, Christian church. Psalm 107, verse 2, Let the Redeemed of the Lord Say So, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered out from the lands, from the east, and from the west, from the north, and from the south. Praise God. There is something about redemption that makes you want to open your mouth and say, uh, you know, look what God has done for me. And not only that, look what God is continuing to do in my life. And how can you hold it back when He has done so much. There is a very important principle in Scripture of speaking, and saying, and decreeing God's Word, God's will, and God's way, and rejoicing in that, praise the Lord. And that's what we need to do. As you're going into this new year, you need to proclaim, you need to say so concerning what it is that you believe in faith that you are going to accomplish and that you are going to do. And you need to be specific in the sense that you need to define what success to you is. You need to know what a successful year is. What is success? Success basically is the accomplishment of a worthwhile goal. But if you don't have a finish line, how will you ever know when you cross it? If you don't have a target, how do you know what to aim towards? Well, Pastor Stephen, what should I do? You should say, you should say so. You should open your mouth as a redeemed saint and say, this in my heart is what I determined to do this year for the glory of God. Praise the Lord. I believe that that as you do this, and that as your proclamations and as your plans glorify God, elevate His kingdom, and extend the gospel throughout the earth, I believe you're going to see the Lord get behind that and back it and perform it. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. This is going to involve You picking up on the agenda of heaven for your life and then speaking that forth by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing is so important. I know that when the Word of Faith teaching came forth in the seventies and then really just exploded and took off in the eighties, that there was a an understanding of speaking God's word. Instead of speaking what the devil would say or speaking how bad things are, but we're talking about speaking things in faith, in a spirit of boldness and faith, and all of that is true. But we also have to speak under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We shouldn't just be doing things in the flesh. If you do, you're not going to get very good results. It has to be done out of a life that walks with God. You have to have a strong prayer life, and then you spend time in the Word. And you know, after you come out of those times of rich devotional time with God, your heart is so full, you cannot help but speak. You can, the redeemed cannot help but say, look what God has done for me, and greater things yet will He do. And then you begin to identify what those greater things are that you're expecting God to do in your life. And there's a place of fullness it seems like you can't even hold it back. So for those of you that are in that walk with the Lord, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to get filled up instead of just trying to go through uh, maybe what we could call spiritual exercises. No, you need to be filled up first, filled up, having good time in prayer, good time with the Lord, and then you can discern and pick up on the leading of the Holy Spirit, and you can speak faith-filled words that are loaded with power, and then you begin to see uh, God moving with you. Praise God. Mm-mm. Let's take our Bibles now and turn to Psalm 103, and there's something fascinating in this psalm. We're going to go to verse 20, and we're going to look at it carefully, and we're going to exercise it and walk in it today. Praise God. Mm-mm. Psalm one hundred and three, verse twenty, bless the Lord, you His angels. You know, everybody is fascinated with angels. You don't even have to be saved to have an interest in angels. You can have unbelievers, sinners that don't know anything about God. You can hand them a Bible and they can't even find the book of Genesis. They don't know where it's at, and, that, and that's okay. I I understand all of that, but nevertheless. They sure do like angels. Maybe they even have angel figurines in their house, little statues or this or that. Everybody likes angels, but we need to understand that angels—they have assignments, they have a role to play, they have a specific purpose, and that's not just to you know stand in a corner and uh, you know wave their feathers or something like that. They are—they are there for a purpose, and we need to know that and and be able to work in tandem with God's plan that would include the angels. Bless the Lord, you His angels, who excel in strength. I don't think anybody would argue with that scripture. We certainly wouldn't, wouldn't want to argue with what God says in His Word, that angels are strong. They have the ability to excel in strength, and we as humans even though as a human you can get pretty strong if you lift weights all the time, and you work out, and you, you know, you eat steak and potatoes, you get, you know, you just keep, you get stronger and stronger. But even still, in the natural, you can only get so strong. But for angels, that, that realm of, of human maximum strength, that, that to them is just uh, little, little, tiny stuff. They have tremendous strength, and they're able to do things that we can't do, and they can move so quick. I've seen angels travel at at speeds before that are beyond any, uh, any jet, uh, even, even a rocket, that they just can travel at phenomenal speeds. I don't know how fast they can actually go, (laughs) but from what I've seen, it would look like at times they can go thousands of miles, uh, you know, per second, per second. So uh, it's, it's incredible. And then, of course, because they're spiritual beings, they can move also into that supernatural realm, the, the heavenly realm, and so forth. So they are at a different level. Now, one day, we also are going to receive glorified bodies, And then we also will be able to identify with these different levels of strength and speed and uh, the the ability to see, you know, not just, you know, 10 or 15 miles, but, you know, uh, millions of miles with, you know, acute clarity. All of these things are awaiting us. But right now, angels have tremendous strength. They're stronger than we are, and they can certainly be a help. Who excel in strength, and this is very important, who do His work. Word, who do His Word. I know that no Christian would challenge the orthodox statement of believing that angels back up God's Word. No Bible believing Christian would ever doubt that. We all know that the angels stand at heaven's command. When God utters His word, they are ready to uh, go on assignment and do their part. But we need to go further and dig deeper here into this incredible verse to understand how we also have a role in the working of angels and their carrying out their assignments. Bless the Lord. You, his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Now, it says that angels heed the voice of his word. The word heed in the Hebrew is the word shama. And uh, you, remember, you maybe remember uh, uh, that name. David had a brother named Shama. We also know that that is one of the compound names of God, Jehovah Shammah. And Shammah, here, the word of heeding, the word Shammah means to hear intelligently with the implication of obedience. So the angels, they hear with intelligence what is being spoken, which would be the word, and their hearing is connected to obedience or the carrying out of that word. Well, yes, Pastor Stephen, somebody may say, the angels they hear the word and they carry it out. Well, we have to think this through. And years back I I gave an example of how this doesn't work and how it does work, and ever since I gave that example, I've seen other ministers now all over the internet, use that same example. As far as I know, I was the first one <laughs> years back to ever get it, uh, to ever give it, because I caught it by a revelation that the Lord showed me. And let me see if I can demonstrate this to you. It says that the angels, they heed the voice of His word. In other words, they Listen with intelligence to the voice of His Word, and then there's an implication that's associated with that heeding that then they go back it up and carry it out what they've heard. They heed the voice of His Word. Okay, so here's the Bible, and what is the Bible? It's God's Word. So I'm going to hold the Bible, the Word of God, which angels heed. I'm going, to, I'm going to hold it up to the microphone, and let's listen to what it says, because whatever it says, the angels are going to heed that. The angels are going to shama. They're going to listen, and then they're going to carry it out. Okay, are you ready? Let's hear what the Word would say to the angels. Here it is. Pastor Stephen, it's nothing's happening because you don't have it close enough to the microphone. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me get it a little bit closer. There now, let's now let's all listen very carefully, so we can hear what the word says. Because whatever it says, the angels are going to shama; they're going to hear it, and they're going to carry it out. Okay, let's listen. Hmm, Pastor Steve, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like anything's happening. Does that mean God's word is not true? No, it, it, it just means that we have not made the right application of that verse. Okay, so here it is. (laughs) And by the way, that's my demonstration. And ever since I gave that demonstration, (laughs) uh, almost 20 years ago, I've seen others grab that example, and they've picked it up. Uh, But I, I got that from the Holy Spirit. Now, heeding the voice of His Word. Here's the catch. You and I have to speak the Word. We have to take the Word. We have to work the Word. And when we take the Word, and we give voice to it. Did you notice that it's not giving voice to itself? You have to take it in your own life, and you have to give voice to it. Oh, Pastor Stephen, this is another one of those messages you preach where I've got to get involved. Yes, (laughs) yes, aren't you glad (laughs) that God doesn't just sit back and do everything for you? I mean, that's like some kind of like heavenly welfare system, you know, where you just want everything done for you. And after a while, walking with God, you know, He may, uh, He may feed you a fish, but after a while, God's going to hand you a fishing pole. And he's going to teach you how to use that fishing pole and go out and catch some fish for yourself. Now, yes, there are some things that we can't do. We always will need God to do. But there's other things where God expects us to have a part in this, and we need to do our part. And if we don't do our part, the angels will stand around ready to shama the word, but they're not hearing us do our part. Praise God. Mm-mm thank you jesus i did have a a situation years back this was over oh this was about 16 16 years ago uh, when the lord came to me one time just before christmas in a vision now i was in the room praying i'd been praying for a couple of hours and i finished my prayer time and i felt real happy i was going to get up and leave and go do some things for the day but right when i stood up because i'd been on my knees praying right when I stood up, I sensed a total shift in the atmosphere. I was in the house alone, I was in the back bedroom of the house, and the whole atmosphere shifted, and it re- it reminded me of the story of when David was going to go out to battle against the Philistines, and the Lord said, now don't go out until you hear the rustling in the tops of the mulberry trees. Well, I heard to me, li- literally, it sounded like a rustling in the top of trees. It sounded like leaves were shaking and branches were moving. And so I just stopped. I got right back down on my knees, and I, I had my eyes closed. I was in prayer. I went right back in the pra- prayer. And when I did, I could see the Lord walk through the wall and come into my room. <laughs> Praise the Lord! Hey, that really changes your day. Praise God when something like that happens. And He came into the room, and He came to answer. A prayer because we were getting close to Christmas and I didn't have any extra meetings and I didn't have any extra money and I was concerned about you know being able to buy Christmas gifts for the you know the family and uh, you know and for others as well because me and my wife we like to give and we wanted to be able to buy gifts for uh, other family members and other people that would like a blessing and we just didn't have it and so I had. talk to the lord about that in prayer well he came to answer that prayer and when he came uh, there was an angel that was with him that was standing next to him and the lord he asked me to do something and it's something that i had to do there was a proclamation that i had to make concerning finances and he wasn't going to make make me say it and he wasn't going to make the angel say it he needed me to do it, so I made this this faith proclamation concerning financial provision, and the vision lifted after that, and I knew everything was going to be fine, and it was. And the Lord supernaturally blessed me, and we had a tremendous Christmas. Uh, we had a lot of extra provision come in, and then we were able to buy gifts and uh, just bless a lot of people. It made made us very happy, but you know later. Uh, I was praying and I had a I had a time with the Lord. I got real close to the Lord in, in prayer, and I said, "Lord, what was the deal with the angel that was with you? What was his role?" And the Lord said, "Well, when you made that proclamation, and me and the angel left, the angel is the one that went and caused those words that you spoke to be fulfilled. That brought the money, that caused money to be brought into your life, and the angel went and started releasing provision for you. So." it is very important that when we speak, that we give voice to the Word, to the Word of God. And when you're in the anointing, you're never going to say something that is out of God's will, from the perspective of, you know, something crazy, you know, and people have done that, you know, young Christians that didn't really understand that you have to be in, in a flow of the Holy Spirit. But when you do speak in that anointing, in agreement with God's Word. I'm telling you, the angels, they hear what you say, and they get behind those words, and power is released, and they go and, and do what they, only they can do behind the scenes to start breaking things loose so that those words are fulfilled. They heed the voice of His Word. And for many of you, You have never given voice to His Word. You've wanted your preacher to do it, or you've wanted God to do it, or you've wanted somehow for your Bible to suddenly start audibly speaking on your behalf, and it won't do it. You're going to have to do it. But here's what I'm here today to say. When you give voice to His Word, the angels, they shama over that Word. They listen to it with intelligence, and trust me, they're very intelligent beings. They listen to it with great intelligence, and then they go out to perform it, to see that it is accomplished. So, now that we're stepping into this new year, and you've got the whole year before you, you need to know what your term or your definition of success is. Well, Pastor Stephen, you know I have my own ideas concerning that. Well, whatever that idea is, you need to verbalize it and you need to speak it. Well, Pastor Stephen, it's in my heart. God knows my heart. Yeah, He knows you're being disobedient. He knows that you're not doing your part, and He knows that if you keep doing that, you're going to have another year just like He had before, kind of dull, kind of boring, kind of routine, nothing will, where really the supernatural moves into your life. Praise God. But my friends, that there be a shift. You're in a new era. You're in a new time where God is working on behalf of His people to see that the gospel is preached throughout all of the earth, and it is a time of increase unlike anything we have ever seen before. You need to make a, you need to make a bold declaration of faith, and you need to say, this year, by the grace of God, this is what is going to trans, uh, uh, Unfold and transpire in my life, and you need to you need to set that goal and speak it and say it. Praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. And when you do, and you know you're speaking the right thing, you're not saying something crazy or stupid or foolish, but you're saying something that your faith is very comfortable with, uh, and you're not going beyond your faith because your faith will not work if you go beyond the word or you go beyond your faith ability. But even still you can push it right up there to where your strong faith is at, and say, I'm going into this new realm. I've never been there before, but this year, this is where I'm going, and speak it and say it. Praise the Lord. And I believe that before the year is out, you will cross that finish line. You will hit that target, and you will experience what would be success. Again, what is success? The accomplishment, the fulfillment. Of a worthwhile goal, but if it's not identified, you're just kind of like driving around uh, with with no uh, intentional place that you're trying to reach. So you need to speak it and say it. And I believe today, listen very carefully. I believe today the prophetic declaration that you're supposed to speak, and it's not going to be something that's, you know, like a whole book long. You're not going to need like, uh, you know, three, the the angels, listen, I've got three pages to read off to you. No, it'll be one distinct statement, and you speak it, and you say it, and they will listen, and they will, they'll get on it. And then you stick with that distinct statement, and you, you proclaim it throughout the year, maybe every day, if you want, in the morning or at night. This year, this year, this shall come to pass in my life to the glory of God. And you speak that thing out. I believe today that utterance, that statement, that declaration of faith is crystallizing in your spirit, and you'll have it today. You'll have it today. And then write it down and stick with it, and you'll see that it will be a very successful year for you. Bless the Lord, you His angels who excel in strength, who do His Word, heeding the voice of His Word. It is time that we move past these uh, silly ideas of angels just being these, uh, you know, little creatures that, um, you know, uh, tickle us with their feathers or something like that. These are supernatural beings that God sends to help us accomplish the assignments that He has given to our lives. Praise God praise the Lord. You know, I had a situation years back when I was in India. I was, I was recording programs at Angel TV there in Chennai, South India. And I had been there for a couple of days, and for some reason it really hit me. I, I had been there before to record previous sessions, but when I went this time, it hit me with a great weight the tremendous impact that Christian television makes in reaching the lost. I mean, it, it, it hit me. I could see the work that that beautiful ministry was doing. And I said, Now, this was years back, I said, Lord, I have never seen with such clarity the great effect of what Christian television does going throughout the earth, and the lost are being won, uh, the saints are built up in the faith as I said, I said this to the Lord, Lord, when I get back to Moravian Falls, I'm going to go out to that grass area out in front of the church, that unused grass area, and I'm going to design plans, and I'm going to build a television studio out there, and I'm going to start on it just as soon as I get back. And I was on fire. I mean, I was going to do it. I was going to raise the money. I was going to do whatever it took. And um, I was very, very excited about that. So that was in my heart to do, and it was burning in my heart. Well, the next day, I'm back in the studio to record again there uh, in Angel TV at Brother Sadhu, uh, Brother Silver Silveragia's studio. And I was uh, recording the morning sessions. So I would, uh, here was kind of the routine. I would record a session, you know, a half-hour program, rest just for a moment, like one minute, and then go right into another session, record another half hour program. And then whenever I would do two, we would stop, and I'd have a little tea break. And I would sit down after two shows, and I'd just done two, and I would drink a little tea, take about ten minutes, then go right back into another recording. And we would do that all day long. Well, I was in, if it serves me correctly with my memory, I was in the third recording. I just had a little tea break, so I felt good, and I'm standing up, and uh you know it's bas- it's basically action roll'em and we go right into the recording of the third session. well, I got a few minutes into the program recording, and you know you've got you've got guys on the cameras, you have guys in the sound booth, I've got my translator right next to me, and so we we're we're doing this we're recording, and right while we're recording and i'm I'm preaching and teaching the Word, a man walked into the studio, into the inner studio. And if you've ever been to Angel TV, they're, they're building a new studio, but the one that they're, uh, they have been using, it has very high security. And of course, just to get into the building, there's, you know, there's a guard, and there's all these checkpoints, in a sense, where you have, there's a bunch of people, and then, then as you start getting further into where the recording session is at, there's uh, these scanners. They actually scan your fingerprint, and if it's not who it's supposed to be, the locks won't open. So you have to put your finger, and then the the locks will unlock, and then you can go through into the next layer. But to get into the, maybe what we would call the inner sanctuary, where the recording room is actually at, you have to go through these different layers, and then you finally get in there. Well, I'm in that, you know, inner recording room, and somebody walked in. A man walked in, and I thought, how how does now, how does somebody just walk in, <laughs> right in the middle of a, of a live recording, when you know it's it, you know you just can't do that. So I thought, how does somebody just walk in like that? So this guy walks in, and he walks over to where the, there's only there was only one couch. There's there's no chairs, just one couch uh, over on the side, and he walks over and kind of skirts around the outskirt. Of the room, so he's not picked up on camera. And he goes and he sits down on the couch, and he's he's looking at me, but I couldn't see his face. I was trying to look at his face, but I thought, well, I can't see his face because of all the the camera lights, and there were a lot of lights in there, of course. But I thought, well, maybe that's why I can't see his face because his face was illuminated. But um, it didn't. I didn't catch it immediately, but it didn't take me long. Now remember, I'm having to observe this. While I'm also preaching, and the cameras are rolling, and the translator is, you know, waiting for to translate whatever I say. But what had happened is I had gone into an open vision. My physical eyes are open, and I'm seeing everything with my physical eyes, but I suddenly started seeing in the spirit at the same time. And the man that had walked in had a white robe on, he had brown sandals on his feet and his face was so illuminated I couldn't see his face. (laughs) Well, suddenly it dawned on my understanding, no, that's not just some man that walked in, that was the Lord, and he's sitting right over there on the couch. And so I have to still keep ministering the Word, but whenever it would switch over to my translator, I would, I would glance over there, because I knew I've got about, I've got about seven or eight seconds while he translates, I would, I would look over there, and I, I would look at him and jesus came into that studio to listen to me minister that half hour message now look i've had i've had some pretty well known people in my meetings from the sense of those maybe that would be famous or something like that i've also have had rabbis in my meeting that, uh, you know, were scholars concerning the Old Testament scriptures, and you're thinking, well, I better make sure I uh, teach this accurately, because if not, I'm certainly going to hear about it. And I've had uh, other theologians in my meetings, so you think, well, let's make sure that we, you know, dot the I's and cross all the T's. But this was different. This was, this was different when the head of the church himself Is sitting in your meeting. (laughs) So I thought, well, I better, I better give it my best, praise the Lord. So I taught a really good message. And the funniest thing is, I can't even really remember today what that particular message was. I was so uh, still fascinated that he's, he's here in the meeting. And so I did make it through the message. I preached the entire half-hour message. And the moment it I, I concluded my message and it stopped and, and the uh, guys in the sound booth said, Cut. In other words, that, that that's a rap. Uh, I was so thrilled. I turned to my translator because I wanted to say, Did you see him? But he starts he's already putting notes away and he's closing his Bible. And the guys that were with the cameras and the sound booth, they're already you know putting things away because they were taking early lunch. And I realized it had been a vision that nobody saw him but me. And uh, I I was left puzzled, like Lord, why did you do that? You know, because he disappeared. He he just faded out right at the end of my message. He disappeared, and I thought, Lord, why did you appear to me in a vision for for such a lengthy period of time? Sat there on the couch for half hour, and um, uh, it was really interesting. Later, I told Brother Sadu I saw him, and he thought that was very special. Of course, but uh, anyhow, it's time for lunch, so I went to my lunch, and that day. Was an exceptionally long lunch break. I'd never had a lunch break that long because they were going to do some, some switching up with the cambers and do some stuff like that. So they said, uh, they said, Pastor Stephen, your lunch break today is going to be about two and a half hours. I said, oh, that's totally fine. So they gave me my sandwich, a Subway sandwich. They got you know Subway's all over the world, so they got they had me my sandwich, my drink, and I ate it very quickly in 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 an office where I was all by myself. And so I wanted to hurry up and eat and pray so I could get insight onto why the Lord had come uh, into one of my own recordings and sat there and listened to me teach. And I, I finished my meal, and I got right into prayer. I said, so Lord, why did you come? Well, what was that about? And I, I was praying and praying before I knew it. About two hours had gone by in prayer, and He had not answered or spoke to me, and it was almost time for me to go back out and start the afternoon session of recordings. And I said, Well, Lord, I said, I don't have any more time. I'm going to have to get up and go back out. Uh, but when I started to get up to go back out to record, it rose up in my heart. Open the word, and I'll speak to you from my word concerning my plan for you. And uh, I took my Bible and I opened it very carefully but at the same time, I would call it spontaneously. I wasn't trying to turn to any portion of Scripture, but I took my Bible, and it just opened to this one particular page, and when it did, this verse on the page lifted up off the page. It looked like suddenly it had turned into a hologram. It lifted up, and it stood suspended in the air. I couldn't see the verse before it, the verse on the side, or the verse beneath it. All I saw was this verse, Would you like to know what it is? I'm going to share it with you right now. Now remember, as you're going into this year, and you're believing that the angels are going to work with you, and you're going to give voice to the Word, remember that uh, as a pastor, and for many of you as your pastor, I also have to practice what I preach. So I'm endeavoring to see the angels of God work with me on the assignment that I have from the Lord, and I'm making holy proclamations as well. Well, this is the verse, Psalm 30, excuse me, Psalm 37, verse 34, and this is what was lifted up. Wait on the Lord, and that just struck me. Wait. In other words, don't go back and don't build that uh, studio on that spot. Don't, the Lord said, don't do that. Wait on the Lord, and keep His way, and He shall exalt you to inherit the land and so i knew in my spirit that is not the spot for where the television headquarters television ministry is supposed to be not on that spot it's somewhere else and would you believe for 10 years i have been praying and looking for that where that somewhere else is and i believe that this year god's going to give it to this he's going to give it to us this year So I'm proclaiming, this is the year (laughs) that I'm going to inherit the land that God has for us to build the world ministry headquarters on, which will include a state-of-the-art television studio. See, we have internet studios here. We have administrative offices here, but it's too small for what we want to do. We are going to build the main ministry headquarters. We're going to get the land and we're going to have the plans, we're going to get the permits approved, and we're going to break ground, and we're going to build it. Praise God. This will not only be the world-class television center, but this will also be the school of ministry, which will in itself be a monastery. Praise God. My wife and I, we will also have quarters there on these grounds in which we will live, because you can't have a monastery without having an abbot. Praise God. Pastor Stephen, what's an abbot? An abbot is an old word, old word that comes from the Aramaic that basically means father. And so every monastery has an abbot, so we will be there on site. We will have a ministry school. We will have, a, we will have places where you can stay if you want to come visit. We will have full-time students there. Praise the Lord. And we will be preaching And teaching the word and sending it to the nations. And I believe that this is the year that God is going to cause us to inherit the land. Wait on the Lord and keep His way, and He shall exalt you to inherit the land. And that scripture hovered there in the air. And I said, Okay, Lord, I'll wait. I won't go back and I won't build there. I'll wait till you give me that designated land, that property that you have for us. And on that site, we will build the ministry headquarters. Now, my wife and I received a, a, a prophecy from Bishop Bill Hammond, one of the world's leading prophets, if not the leading prophet, prophetic voice in the earth today. And when he saw me, he said, he said, you're going from Hebron to Jerusalem. He said, as David fulfilled partially his commission in Hebron, he then went on to Jerusalem, and there, he fulfilled his assignment, and he said, land and plans. You're going from Hebron to Jerusalem. Now those of you that uh, love studying Biblical history, you'll know that David was in Hebron for a portion of time, but that was not the final spot. The the final spot was Jerusalem, and he knew it when he saw it. When he saw that Jebusite stronghold, He was thinking, you know what, that would make an amazing ministry headquarters. (laughs) I could build I could build my ministry there. I could put my throne there. And he did. And he captured it and he took it. Praise God. So we're believing that this is the year that we can acquire the property and then have land and the plans to build what God has put in our heart to do and reach the nations of the earth. Yes, there will still be times when we travel out, because we're called to the nations, but there's much that we will do out of this hub of activity that God has caused us to raise up, and we will continue to use this facility here for administrative offices, and for the other purposes that it's already functioning in, because we put a lot into it, and it's beautiful, so we'll, we have plenty of use here, but for the greater for the greater vision, we're going to need a different place. Praise God. Mm-mm. So, you can see how I also have a proclamation that I'm making, proclaiming the word that's tied in with that great commission. And I know that the angels are working. Praise the Lord. Now, let me pray for you because I believe that your proclamation of faith, as you give voice to the word, I believe that voice. That you're supposed to speak, that, that declaration is being crystallized in your heart right now, and it will be your theme for the year. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching, that you give them that prophetic statement that the angels will rally behind, and they will go forth and do what only they can do, excelling in strength, and working to cause it to be fulfilled. Now, Father, we thank You that that proclamation come to them today by the anointing and power of Your Holy Spirit, and we thank You that this is going to be a year of financial increase unlike anything they have ever seen before, because it is attached to the Great Commission. And Father God, this is a new era that we're in, so things are going to be exponentially greater. We give you all of the praise. Bless your people. We thank you for the hearing ear, the pick up on that today. In Jesus' name, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord. If you have watched today's program, and you do not yet at this time in your life know Christ as your Lord and Savior, don't wait another day. Receive Him today into your heart. Let Him become your King, your Savior, and your Redeemer. If you would like to do that, pray this prayer out loud. Make your declaration of faith. Pray this out loud right now. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died to save sinners like me. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Take control of my life from this day forward. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen and amen. And my friend, he has heard that prayer. And he has saved your soul and you belong to him, live for him, and watch what he's going to do in your life. Praise the Lord. Now let's all take holy communion together today. You can grab some unleavened bread. If you don't have one of these little crackers, you can use salting cracker or something like that. And let's also grab some grape juice, praise the Lord, and let's pray over it. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice by this prayer, we set this apart now as being holy. We consecrate this. This is now the body. This is the body and the blood of Christ. And we receive it as thus. We thank you, Father God, that we have covenant with you through the shed blood of Christ. And we, we thank you that we don't live by bread alone, but we live by your Word. We thank you, Father God, that we are giving voice to Your Word, and that the angels are active in our lives, and that these angels are strong and mighty. And we're working together, Father God, for Your glory, and the expansion of Your kingdom. We thank You, Father God. We give You praise for a rich inheritance when we step over into glory, because we have Your heart during this time. We give You praise. Father, thank You for the body of Jesus. As we receive His body, we thank You for strength and energy to do your will. Thank you, Father God, for that infusion of strength and power, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. Some of you have also been waiting quite a while for certain promises to be fulfilled in your life, prophetic promises. I believe this is the year you're going to see great things happen. Oh God, we give you praise. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus washing away all of our sin. If we have committed any sin, we ask that you would forgive us, and we forgive anyone who has sinned against us. Thank you, Father. We ask that you would lead us away from temptation, and that you would deliver us from the evil one. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say, Amen. Let's receive. Praise God. Praise the Lord. My friends, that proclamation of faith that statement that you're going to use of giving voice to the Word that the angels heed, that the angels shama, write it down, and keep it with you throughout the year, and say it, proclaim it in the morning, proclaim it in the evening, and the angels are going to watch over it, and they're going to hearken unto it, and bring it to pass. Thanks for watching. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Bye-bye.